0: There it is. We Boom. are live. What up, ladies and gents? doesn't show live on my screen yet, but I guess we are. There it goes. Now it popped on. All right, so we're is. ready to rock and roll today. That's why we hit the little delay at the beginning because we never know when it actually goes live, but it does start when we hit that intro. So, James, drop the intro. Uh,
1: whoops, I hit the... Shut up, Shut up, up, up and sit down. And sit down.
2: Business the Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another
0: episode of...
1: Business Business. Bro! There it is.
0: Dude, it is some fun stuff. And it's only just getting started because Ham is about to drop the fire
1: here we go well ladies and gentlemen welcome to a shit edition of the business bros pod so happy happy it's thursday Thursday. (laughs) as always we are so happy it's thursday and today especially as we welcome an incredible guest who's more than just average business coach. Our guest today is a communication expert. And while most business coaches help increase sales or implement system, our guest values himself as a business transformation consultant. Talk about next level thinking. We're so excited to have an extraordinary and transformational guest on the pod today. So without Any more fanfare, joining us from MasterTalk.ca, give a big, oh hell yeah, welcome to Brendan Kumarasani!
0: Welcome to the program, Brendan. Welcome,
2: welcome, welcome great to be on YouTube thanks for having me
0: <laughs> man you're a youtuber dude so you got stuff going on on YouTube it takes a lot of editing to go and add stuff add little clips like that I just want to know right off the bat I mean you've only been on for a whopping two minutes what do you think so far
2: yeah I think this is awesome I mean the setup is great and it's great to be on jeez and we <laughs> lost James but it's okay you know at least we- oh no
0: James James usually' <laughs> I'm, I'm here I'm you just in, you man. know
1: chilling listening you know it's fine
0: I'll let you guys do the talking. Yeah, that's, that's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. So Brandon, uh, tell me about yourself, man. You got the stunning young look um, and to be called a business coach or to be involved in anything that becomes business or financial. When you got that little kid face, it's a struggle. When I first started in the tax business, I had the same issue. People are like, I'm going to take advice from this guy. He looks like he's 17. Tell me a little bit about what you're going through and, and how in uh, your experiences so far. No, for sure.
2: I, I think that's why it's a good thing I'm not a business coach or else, yeah, why would you take me seriously if I had started a business? No, I'm definitely with you on that one, Ernan. But so yeah, so for me, when I was in university, I used to do a lot of case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So nice. instead of like, yeah, it's like crazy. Instead of like uh, being on a professional soccer team or something, I did that with presentations. So think of it like I presented hundreds of times well, other guys my age watch sports and eat chicken wings. I ate the same chicken wings, but I watched other people present. That was like my <laughs> foot. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> weird. But anyways, when I started working at, at IBM in, in Transformation Consulting, I kind of asked myself, what can I do with my time and expertise beyond just my work? And that's when the idea for the YouTube channel, Master Talk came to me because I wanted to share a lot of the communication and public speaking information with the world so they can learn from it.
0: All right. I want to know what transformation means like okay so you're working for ibm i mean you graze over some stuff right here that can be you know vitally important to your credibility here so you know working for ibm transformation like break it down what does that even mean yeah absolutely so so at ibm
2: basically what i do is i is i is i implement this hr technology called success factors and different companies so think telecom industry food companies and banking so that's what I do in my day job. But with my with my master talks, so what I do with my YouTube channel is I share concrete public speaking advice because a lot of the YouTube channels right now, are it's pretty vague. So let's say I told you, Hernan, like, oh, you know, be yourself. Like it's very vague advice to, for generic. somebody who's scared. Of, yeah, it's generic. Right, so, so I can give you an example here to kind of demonstrate that. So one of the biggest mistakes that public speakers make or people who want to just speak in public in general is that they don't know how to practice. So let's say, for instance, you want to learn how to play piano for the first time. Sure, you can play a hundred different songs and you can figure it out, or you can do one song a hundred times until you've mastered it. So you can show off to your friends that you know how to play piano, but we don't apply that analogy in presentations. Let's say it's Wednesday, your boss, your client comes up to you and says, Hernan, you know, got a presentation for Friday, get it done. So you get it done and then you take the presentation, you throw it in the garbage Whereas the best speakers in the world present the same thing hundreds of times.
0: It's a script. It's a story, right? Like uh, you know, and I I tell people all the time. So you're literally episode 520. So I've hopped behind this microphone 520 times, talked to over 300 different people. Um, It's not that uh, I ask the same questions every time, but I do want to kind of get a very similar story. I want to pull things out of you that you know you maybe other people don't know about or stories that are interesting and fun. And so doing that on a regular basis, over and over and over again, I did exactly what you said not to do. I just got out there and kind of figured it out as I went. And as I started going through, I started to look to people who are in this space, people like Larry King or people like Oprah or people like Joe Rogan and kind of study what they're doing, looking at the show more than just an entertainment factor or more than just an education It's what are they doing and how are they doing? How are they asking their questions? How are they phrasing it? How are they communicating with their guests? How are they bringing the entire show so that it looks like something people want to watch?
2: Mm, no, that's that's very powerful. And I think you, you hit on a lot of great points there. And we're definitely on the same page here. Right? At the beginning, what you want to do is you want to just repeat the same thing hundreds of times. Like when I started presenting on camera for the YouTube videos, I sucked. And That's coming from a guy who has presented the same amount of times that you've had guests on the show. So when I started on camera, it was a huge hit to the ego. Because I was just Mm -hmm. like, "Oh God, I'm in my basement. I'm alone in my mother's house, and there's nobody to talk to." This wasn't very great.
0: But was it because you don't like feed off the audience, or is it because this is the first time you sat back and you looked at yourself? Because I'd imagine that your speaking skills from being on stage had to be pretty good if you did it that many times. Like you had to have a presentation down that you understood. You maybe are not, you know. When we first start uh, memorizing a script, for example, it's very much you know like you read the line verbatim and you kind of have that that scripty voice. But as you do it more and more, you start to feel the energy. You give the words a little bit of you know a different pronunciation. You give them a little bit better flow. It's it comes out of you. So what was the difference between stepping off the stage and doing it behind a camera?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And you definitely hit on a lot of right points there. So one was definitely energy from the audience. So let's say you're speaking in front of 20 or even 50 people. You're held accountable to delivering a result to those people because you see them right in front of you. You're like, man, I got to do really well. I got to put my tie on straight, make sure my dress is well. You know, everything is good. But when you're on camera and it's dark and you're alone and there's nobody to talk to or to hear, it seems like you're presenting to nobody. So Mm -hmm. what's the point? Especially at the beginning. Now, right now that you're at the 500th episode, you know somebody's watching. You know somebody's learning from you. So you're like, I'm going to bring in my full energy, my full self. But it's definitely not like that when it's episode one.
0: Oh heck no! Sure. <laughs> I tell people all the time, you know, it's, it's okay if you're not good at the beginning. Most of us aren't when we first start. It's not a natural, and we we grow, yeah. we we get better with practice. And I'm like, look, evidence. Go back to my episode one. Go to any famous YouTuber, any famous podcaster, and they might be doing really well now. Scroll to episode one. I can guarantee you. They are horrible in episode one. You can't even stand to watch the whole episode because they're not very good. But it didn't matter. They continued to do it on a regular basis, and they and they improved. I always uh, share the story when, when I go on another podcast about uh, James and I, my, my son and my daughter, were like, Dad, you say MK after every sentence. And I was like, what? I didn't notice it because I never paid attention to myself. Went back, and I started noticing on my episodes, like, sure enough – There's a filler word, there's an MK, there's a and whatever. So James and I, we grabbed this uh, glass jar and we both gave each other a ton of quarters and we put the glass jar under a microphone. And as we did the shows, if I caught him saying MK or right or something after that, I'd drop a quarter in the glass jar and you'd hear it on the episode or vice versa. He would do it to me. And slowly we trained ourselves to get out of those particular habits. But those are progressions. Those are things that we do on a regular basis.
2: That was an awesome strategy. I got to steal that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> Dude, the thing things really smart. I love that.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's literally you can hear it. Now it's uh, it's almost like a uh you know we worry about getting on stage and tripping and falling or, or or fumbling our words or not saying something correct and in our head it's always way worse than what actually is in real life right in real life it's, things happen we're all human we all make mistakes but to publicly do that to take the quarters and put that under the microphone and just literally say I caught you that's like that's like almost a, a, a gag reel like when you make a mistake and the entire audience like claps and laughs at you, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the feeling uh, behind it but it's intentional because you don't want that to happen again and so you train yourself out of it
2: yeah no it's like it's like the whole like how you take action not a lot of people and i'm sure they ask you the same thing hernan how do you how do you follow your dreams how do you do something and i always answer with tell everybody
0: tell everybody
2: if you tell everybody you're going to do something and then next week they go well did you do it and then if if you go no you're going to go oh well now you're held accountable to a group of people so if you want
0: to do something with your life just tell everybody you're going to do it Yeah. That's the ultimate accountability. And that's what the internet is beautiful for. I I personally feel that way. I'm like, if I put it out on Facebook, I'm going to say, I'm going to do something. Uh, and I, and I, and I do it, I may not do it at the level that I wanted to, I may not be the most successful at it, but I did it right. And that's, that to me, that step forward that taking action that's so valuable in almost anything you do in your life you want to lose weight it takes one step at a time literally get off your butt go out and start walking right and then later maybe a power walk and then it turns into a jog and then it's a full-on run and then before you know it you've developed the habit that you need to develop to get to the level where you want to get to I'd imagine speaking public speaking or getting behind a camera is the same thing
2: No, you're absolutely right. Like one question I have for people to help them think through this is every day that you decide to not take action, who suffers from that inaction? Mm. So every day you don't make that video, every day that you don't get on stage, every day that you don't share a message that matters to the world, who suffers? And the more specific you are about that person. So for you, in your case, it's probably someone within the business community that needs your help, that needs this information, that needs those insights. And you're always Thinking about that person as you're creating your content, even if it's just that one person watching, that's why you've been so motivated. you've been so successful with all the episodes you've had with business bros. And I think that that analogy applies with any type of project that you're doing. So if you're someone who's who's not sure, who doesn't want to take action, who isn't motivated, think about that one person that you're trying to help. And if you really are specific about that person, you'll always want to serve them in the highest possible way.
0: So you're talking about having that uh, that avatar, that ideal customer, that ideal listener, that ideal viewer, whatever it is. Um but how do we how do we ultimately define that? Because I'll be honest, when when I first got into business, I'm like I can help everybody. When we first got into podcasting, it's everybody in the business community. And it's not until we start doing it that we really start thinking about that fine tune you know, that niche, right? Finding out what is it that we're really trying to service here? Who is actually going to benefit from my messaging? Who's going to benefit from my product or service? And then once you really identify that, that it, then you're able to do whatever you want to do and grow to the level that you want to grow to. But how do we get to that point? How, I mean, how do we really identify that person?
2: Right. And I can give you an easy example here. So when I started Master Talk, back to what you were saying, Hernan, like, I didn't know. I just kind of just made videos. And I was like, well, what is happening? We got to figure it out as we go. But after a couple of months of starting Master Talk, I ran into this girl named Julia, who's 16 years old, right? And I was talking to her at a workshop that I was giving. And I realized that my avatar was her. And the answer mm-hmm. was why? Why is that the case? I mean, she's not a customer. I can't make $10,000 off of her. So why is, is Julia the person? julia became the person because she's someone's really talented you know she goes to high school she wants to make a big difference in the world but she's afraid of presenting Mm. so what does she do you know she wants to raise a bit of money for a favorite charity so she goes on youtube and she types public speaking tips and what does she find she finds a bunch of old dudes who don't know anything about public speaking so when she looks at those people she says public speaking is not for me I'm going to close the window and never touch this ever again. And that belief system that she'll never master public speaking will stay throughout her whole life unless I do something about it.
0: Well, you're putting, we ourselves are putting those limiting beliefs on ourselves. You're helping break that limiting belief, right? So, I mean, the fact that she says, I'm not a public speaker. You're literally, everything you say after I am is who you are. You're literally telling your brain, this is what you do. Oh, I don't work out. Well, of course you don't. You just told yourself you didn't. So you're not going to put it in your mind that you, ca- that you possibly can make a change. And so there's no potential. You literally told your mind this is who you are. I don't remember names very well. Well, of course you don't. You told yourself that you don't remember a name. So when I meet Brendan for the first time, and then I, you know, he goes away for an hour, I forgot his name because I told myself that it's not important to remember. We mm-hmm. tell ourselves these things all the time. And and subconsciously, we don't understand the ramifications of what we say to ourselves. And if we want to break that habit, it really, it really comes down to you being able to tell yourself that you can, right? I can do this. I may not have done it yet, right? Like there's a, a different ways to approach it. And then I like to always find somebody like yourself, like some mentor, some, somebody who's already doing what I want to do and then start to emulate those practices. What do they do on a regular basis? How are they training their voice? Like I wouldn't even know to this day, other than getting up and, and doing this behind the mic, how do I even prepare myself? What's a good way to prepare a script? How do I practice that script?
2: Absolutely. So, so let's do an easy example here. So, Hernan, why don't you just give me a random word?
0: Um, that's not a good random word. Uh, yeah, insurance. Insurance. <laughs> Shout out to Pipeline. <laughs> I love. That. So, so what I need to do now
2: is I need to make an introduction out of thin air from that word. So let's do it. You want me to do it? No, you're I'm going to do it. Don't okay. worry. It. I have to set the example. Don't worry. There are many different services in our lives that we know that we need and that we think that we need. We know that we need that new phone. We know that we might need that new camera. We definitely know that we need to get those flowers for our loved ones. But when it comes to insurance, we don't always know that we need it until the worst happens insurance isn't just a service it's a way of protecting the future it's a way of protecting the things that matter most so that you can stay on track so get the insurance that works for you that's why in today's presentation i'm going to be talking about the benefits of insurance and how you can protect yourself from the unprotectable so there's just an example of
0: just dry james, rent. <laughs> james you're fired dude you're fired i know <laughs>
1: We're just going to bring Brendan on. Uh, he's going to be the new insurance bro. and uh, <laughs> Is that
0: a new show we're spinning right? off here? Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: It exactly. It's You're going to be part but... of
0: the carrier experience here. That's, what, that's the show that we're doing on the insurance side. But you know what though? I mean, that was what you did right there, right? What you did is very important. Can you help me break that down? What did you just do? Because what you, what I, I'll tell you what you did and then you tell me how you did it. What you did was tell me, this is things I already know. This is something I don't know. And I should really pay attention right now because this is something I want to know about. Absolutely. That was impressive.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. But anyways, the the point of this. So this exercise is called the random word exercise. So essentially what you do is you have a partner or you do it on your own and you just pick five words randomly. You can do, point some objects in your house and you just create introductions out of thin air five words five minutes a day so what this does is it creates and it enables you to live in the discomfort for a bit for a Mm -hmm. short period of time every day and over time once you've done the exercise hundreds of times or even a thousand plus times like i have in the five years i've done this When you go to easier speeches, for example, a speech that you're an expert in, a speech that you know your subject, a speech that you've been researching for a long time, it's much more easy to do that than to talk about spaghetti as a random word, right? Mm -hmm. So there's three things that I do in that exercise to make it effective. The first one is that I keep my eye contact with the lens. So even if I have no clue what I'm going to say next, because you're the one who picked the word, I have to still keep my eyes on the audience to make them perceive as if i know what i'm going to say next number two i can't look scared because if i look scared and worried oh no herni just gave me insurance i gotta (laughs) figure this out well then what's going to happen is your audience will know third thing is pauses notice how i'm using pauses not just for effect but also to figure out what the heck i'm going to say Mm -hmm. in the next five seconds
0: so we don't got to speed talk is what you're saying i mean I, I, and I've, I've felt victim of that. So I do this on a regular basis. When I get a friend request, I send them a video, right? A personalized video saying, you know, thank you for following me on Facebook. Uh, and I got so good at saying that same speech over and over again that I fly through the words and I force myself to take a second pause, right? And, and slow down on what I'm saying. Enunciate each word, show some, a little more emphasis And not only, uh, really kind of humanizes what I'm saying, but it, it gives the other person a feeling of of much more customization. Even though I do say their name, I do say the day, so you know it's not some bot making stuff up, right? I didn't record it, pre-record it, and send it to you. It just feels more human if I take my time.
2: No, I absolutely agree with that. And I think one way to kind of help under everyone understand what the practical elements of why we speak so quickly, because it's not for everybody, but it's definitely for most, is because the underlining issues that we see public speaking as a chore, as a responsibility, as an obligation. Why? Because most of the presentations we've given, we don't do it for fun. Think of the following. We don't wake up one morning and go, hey, Hernan, you want to get uh, breakfast today and present? Yeah. All they,
0: like, we don't do that. <laughs> nobody does that.
2: Right. nobody does that. It's like you know, history class, we're given a presentation that we you know we need to present and we're talking about a topic we don't get to pick. We're presenting to students who frankly don't care, not yeah. because they hate us, but because they're worried about their own damn presentation. And then you have a teacher who's very competent, very well educated but is stressed out of their minds. They don't sit down with you and go, Hernan, let's go over your presentation for 10 minutes so I can give you some feedback on your presentation skills. So no wonder we're scared. No wonder we're terrible. Whereas the difference here is you and myself, we don't perceive publicity as a bad thing because you see it as a good thing. Hey, if I speak better, I can be a better host. If I'm a better host, my audience will love me more. My guests will understand what I'm saying and I'll reach more people.
0: Adrian's got a great question here. Speaking of being able to engage with more people, what's Brandon's go-to icebreaker question to engage the audience? That's a great question. So
2: icebreakers, I'll talk on that specifically for audience and also for relationship building in general. So for audience, what I would say is you don't always need to start with a question, Adrian. One good way of thinking about it is the following. What is your key idea? What are you trying to achieve in the presentation? And the second thing is what is the best way to defend that key idea? I'll use myself as an example here. I present a lot on communication tips, obviously. So one way I can present is I can talk about all my accolades, all of my amazing accomplishments. And who would give a damn? Zero. Nobody. Nobody. You do. Right? I mean, yeah, even me. It doesn't really matter. It's just, <laughs> it's just, a you know, clients, whatever, success. It doesn't matter. But how do I speak to them? Well, if I talk about my own vulnerabilities as a speaker, right, for those who don't know, I'm based in Montreal. And Montreal means you need to know how to speak French. So my whole life, I was raised in a French education system, but I didn't speak a word of French. So not only was I uncomfortable with presentations, I had to give presentations in a language I didn't even know. So you can imagine the stress. So just because I'm telling a personal story, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most effective. It's just the most effective for the idea I'm trying to defend, which is everyone can master public speaking
0: and I'm living proof of it. Right? I see what you see. And yeah. in just, in just what you are saying there, you're capitalizing on exactly what you're talking about. The fact that you shared the story of not being able to speak French is the vulnerability factor that you were able to step on a stage and, and, present maybe throw in some french lines here and there uh where people you know knew that you couldn't speak the language at a certain level you had a you know very hard accent or whatever it is but you did it that's what that's what people fear the most right they fear that that ridicule or that imperfection while on stage and so they don't do it but you literally in that little segment shared a vulnerability and people connect with that that's your icebreaker
2: Absolutely. So, so that would be the way that I think about, so th- this depends. So it could be an analogy quote, depending on what idea you have, Adrian, but I would say for icebreaker questions, when I meet people in person, what I do is I always ask them what they're passionate about. So many people say, what do you do? Oh yeah, I work at this thing. I do this job. It doesn't matter, right? It's, it's not, it's not what we're here to do. We're here to do something important. We're here to do something interesting. So my advice is, is get into the deeper questions that you actually want an answer to. And if they don't feel like answering it, you're talking to the wrong person. That's kind of mm. how i see things. Like for me, relationship building is simple. Don't sell someone who doesn't want to be sold. Like I knew the first five seconds I entered this room, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I love these <laughs> guys. They're great. But it's like super high energy. And other times it's not like that. You know, I jump onto a show, people think I'm really professional. And then I get on and they're just like, "Uh, yeah, Brennan, why don't you have a suit on? I just go. I mean I mean this is good, right?
0: <laughs> Maybe I should make my character wear a tie. Yeah. Well, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it, the, the having the energy and having a different personality trait or or whatever it is that, like I feel like this is this is who I am. Like when you meet me this is the energy I got when you talk about the topic that I like to talk about, right? Um but this is not who I am. If you sit down and start talking to me about, you know, balancing chemical equations, I'm going to be very quiet. I'm not going to have an opinion very much at all because it's nothing that I know about. Right. So, but I'm comfortable with being able to say, well, I don't know that, but I guess I'll listen and and kind of pay attention. Right. And, And figure out what, you know, maybe learn something new. I'm comfortable with that person not knowing and understanding that in that scenario, I don't know. But when I'm presented with an opportunity to be somewhere where I do know where my opinion might have some value in, in the conversation, I light up, right? And, and, and at that point, it doesn't matter whether I'm behind the camera, whether I'm behind the microphone, whether I'm on stage, whether I'm just speaking one-on-one, you're going to see me light up. And I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is you're looking to light light somebody up right? Their energy by talking about whatever it is that they're passionate about. That's your icebreaker.
2: You're, you're absolutely correct. And just to make this very concrete for people, especially when the this difficult situation we're in is over and we're back outside and events are back on, is the following. If you like collecting pens for some random reason, you know, you're a pen collector, chances are everyone around you doesn't Oh, kids. Okay. There you go.
0: <laughs> I was you ever, like, I was, were you ever go to a trade show? Like, I love walking around and collecting all the pens, dude." <laughs> why, dude? That's my
2: dude. I meant like, uh, okay, cool. I have to change the exam, but you know what I mean. I meant like fa- fancy pens. You're like a fancy pen collector. Okay, okay, okay. Like, that's cool. Yeah, that's okay. cool too, though. I love that. Chances are, though, a lot of your friends in the city that you you're used to don't understand. They're just like, Hernan, why are you into this kind of stuff?" So, my advice to you. Is instead of just leaving your, you know, going to this weird bar from five to seven and meeting new strangers, I would encourage you to spend a couple of hundred bucks, fly out to the biggest calligraphy conference in the world for three days, and you will meet your tribe, more people, friendships than you would have in the last three to five years of your life. Mm. That's what happened with me. I started flying out to purpose-driven conferences. And I just started meeting incredible people. It was so weird. I would just I, like to give you an idea how insane this is. So I would walk up to someone and I would just go, you know, what are you passionate about? Every single person, It was kind of freaky actually. Every single person I asked this question to put their hand on my shoulder and they just said, no, Brendan. But what are you passionate about? I started freaking <laughs> out. I was like, what is going on
0: here? You can't answer my question with a question, bro. That's I not how like, it works.
2: <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Where am I? Anyways, it was heaven. It was great. But anyways, that's the thing. Go find your tribe. Don't waste time Like, uh, when, when this is over, obviously. But you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, but that that totally makes sense. You know, you want to surround yourself with like-minded individuals. We all do, right? We kind of find each other, anyways, and that's kind of the beauty of the internet. Whether it's on a Facebook group, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Instagram, like-minded people tend to find each other. Uh, that and it's the same way with polit- with politics. It's the same way with religion. It's the same way with whatever it is in your culture. Like you find people that you're comfortable with that you understand that understand you, and it just would make sense to plan to associate with those kind of people right i mean if you want to expand your network with people who actually want to listen to what it is you have to say you should probably go talk to people who actually like to hear the message that you're saying
2: absolutely completely agree with you man dude oh,
0: I'm i'm having fun with you but you know what we're at 28 minutes and i still didn't drop james in here so we got to take a quick little break otherwise uh, the insurance bro is going to be like what's going on man
1: Sometimes conversations are just too good, you know, and you got to just keep doing the thing. So it's all good. It happens. Uh, Today's Hams Insurance tip of the day, acts of God and other what ifs. So we're talking earthquakes, windstorms, wildfires, hurricanes, trees falling, riots, right? These things happen all the time. And it's important to know how to be properly protected. See, depending on where you live, there might be issues with some of these coverage options. For example, if you've ever driven through a Texas hailstorm, non, you know how big those hail balls can be and how much damage they can do. So windstorm and hail a lot of times isn't included in a Texas homeowner's policy. Earthquake and flood is never covered on your homeowner's policy. Aside from the physical damage, That's why Hurricane Katrina was so devastating all those years ago. Most people didn't have a flood policy. And here in California, most people don't carry earthquake. So you want to make sure to add these policies to include this coverage and make sure you're protected. Some acts of God will be covered, like a tree falling on your home or riots and civil unrest, as we've seen lately. But if you live in a high brush area, wildfire may be excluded from your standard policy and written separately, which means that you'll have to maintain two separate policies. So understand where you are with all of these acts of God. And as always, we're here to answer your questions. If you have any questions or need any advice, give Pipeline Insurance a call at 877-928-994 and follow me on Twitter at Insurance
0: Brendan, you're yeah, a totally, podler man. You uh, totally thought you were gonna forget about me. Yeah, I, I did. I did I uh, almost forget about you. Crystal says it's Brendan. How are you? She's from IQ Podcast. Yes, I'm great. Crystal, how about you, dude? <laughs> so you're, but you're in Montreal, right? You got it. How'd you get to know uh, IQ Podcast?
2: Oh, they asked me to be on their show a couple of months ago.
0: Nice. So, so, so yeah. Brendan gets around. <laughs> <laughs> We make things happen, guys. <laughs> we make it happen. We make it happen. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Uh, let's let's have a little fun, man. I've gotten to know you for the past half hour. Um, we we only got really a little bit of time, so we're going to do two truths and a lie. You ready? Let's do it. How well did we get to know Brendan? Brendan's going to give us three things. Two of them are going to be a truth. One of them is going to be a lie. James and I are in competition. I am the reigning champion so far. And we'll see if we can decipher the lie.
2: Let's do this. Okay. I speak three languages, but I can karaoke in eight. I've been divorced twice. And the third one is uh uh hmm crap and the third is i've been on a
0: hundred
2: more than a hundred podcasts
0: holy moly damn these are all numerical <laughs>
1: <laughs> these are all numerical
0: i like my number you're a math teacher that I should know. be good for you well it will, okay okay so let's see let's see three languages eight karaoke So I'm going to say that that's more possible than anything because you can probably sing a song that you like that uh, you don't speak the language in.
1: Um, Let's see. A lot of people Uh, learned uh, Gangnam style
0: and didn't speak Korean. Or or, uh, some Santana songs and don't speak Spanish. There you go. Let's see. Then there's – so there's there's the eight languages. There's the – Divorce twice. Divorce twice. Now, you're a public speaker. So the fact that you can come up and say some stuff and not really think about the consequences, I've been in that situation before. (laughs) Ain't divorced, but I can see how that could happen. Hunter Podcast? Dude, I did almost 30 in June. So uh, definitely possible. Let's see. I'm going to go with karaoke as the false.
1: I'm going to go with divorce twice. It's definitely
2: divorced twice. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm 24. What the hell, man?
0: Come on, you never know, man. You never know.
2: You,
1: I don't know. I was in the exactly navy Vegas. <laughs> I was in the Navy. We definitely had people married and divorced with kids by 24. Wow. So. <laughs> it's a different <laughs> yeah,
2: place yeah. in the States. Jesus. Hey man. Yeah, hey. man. It
0: happens. It, it takes one night, man. One night. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're in short exactly exactly all right Brandon. honestly man i had a blast getting to know you um you've you've given us some great tips just the the fact that you know the play on words using those five different words a little five minute practice to to kind of get better at introducing different things that was super powerful for me so i want to you know thank you for coming on the show and sharing that and ladies and gents check out more of his stuff i mean Follow him on Instagram or or check out his YouTube channel, Master Your Talk and youtube.com slash master talk and put some of this stuff into practice. I guarantee you, if you can hop on stage, if you can get behind a mic, if you can go into a worm, a a room and work the room, uh, you're going to do a lot better in business and in personal relationships. I mean, being able to speak to people is a powerful thing and Brendan, you're, you're, training people to kick some butt in that field so thank you very much for spending some time with us
2: thanks brothers i mean bros, bros! <laughs> <good>
0: stuff. bros! <laughs> all right ladies and gents s-h-i-t uh, do we even have that banner up anymore? I don't, yeah, there it is right there. SHIT, so happy it's Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow we have a 2 p.m. show instead of a 4 p.m. show. So if you guys want to check that one out, we'll see you guys live at 2 p.m. Otherwise, you can can't. Uh, you can catch us on the replay. Uh, and uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere at Business Bros Pod. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out.